Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hi. Well, hello, hello. Am I talking too loud for the lady who's hungover? <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember the last time I stayed out so late or had more than two drinks. So I'm a pretty lightweight. It's just, um, yeah, it was a fun night and I'm feeling it today. <laughs> Do you know what the closest I get to being hungover is? Oh gosh, what? If I eat foods that are really too salty, I'll wake up dehydrated the next day. <laughs> <laughs> too many salt vinegar chips <laughs> too many mcdonald's french fries you really That's, know how to party i do but this is this is the extent of the excitement in my life a late night salty snack <laughs> I, look i don't want to like to just spew my crazy life on everyone so, you're gonna make people like super jealous like i think really? so i you know <laughs> you know who i'm not jealous of right now <laughs> Tell me, please. <laughs> Valentine, I'm so nice. Like I, like, I think I can confidently say this is like the beginning of his demise a little bit, but not even because people are actively going at him, but <laughs> more because he's acting more and more pathetic. Like it's one thing for him to be pathetic in the context of like Jax and Nina and constantly at her work and being like, mm-hmm. And walking into like a meeting and going to oh, Jack, what were you talking about? But his, <laughs> but for me, it was his conversation with Ava. Do yes, you okay. like have any thoughts on that? Okay, so I have a few thoughts in terms of the fact that Nina looked so shocked, like it was the first time she was hearing about the whole Nicholas thing. Like I don't, I don't really understand where her head's at and how she doesn't see the reality of the situation. But this has been going on forever. Remember the exactly. Book Exactly. So it's so incredibly infuriating every time that comes up. The fact that Valentine is, he sounds like he's the one who runs Crimson, that infuriates me. What I really liked, though, is how when they came back to the scene, Valentine was standing behind Nina, Ava was in front, and then they kind of walked around the desk to face off. Yeah. I love how they filmed that. Like, it was just so like, we are equals. I am just as badass as you. And then and you have Nina gonna... in the background kind of like smiling, waiting I to know. say, bye, love. <laughs> See you later. And, that's and I'm the like, funny part. <laughs> I was just like, is your hearing working? Like, she's I just, don't. Oh, she's just in a pink bubble. Well, she really is. But the conversation I'm referring to between Valentina and Ava was earlier in the week when he <gasps> starts to ask her about Sibley. Yes, I totally forgot about that, even though I did know it because I'm like, wow, he is really. He's getting really nervous. He's getting sloppy and he's showing his hand. He basically confirmed to Ava, your uh, your psychic knew a little too much about me. That's and true. I was like I was like, why would you give her that bit of information? She's not your BFF, clearly oh based on today gosh. and the scene you just like painted, but it's just I don't understand why he would give that acknowledgement to her and let her know that Sibley was correct and knew something about him. Cause like, I mean, that was a passing remark that could have been just that passing. Exactly. If he <laughs> ignored like... it, like now he just put a spotlight on him, on himself. <sighs> I mean, if he even wanted to, but I, the funny thing is, is like looking back on the week and just Ava, how she left off uh, today. It's just, <laughs> she's so, so involved that I don't know if she would look deeper. 
because she got a nugget Uh-oh. and I'm like because she got a big nugget on on Valentine sort of admitting to something but I don't know if she's ever been curious enough about anyone <laughs> to take them down like I don't know like even oh. with Carly and Nell it's like Nell did all the work and halfway through she got kind of tired of it was like meh do we really need to like she, just, <laughs> she can't seem to like really invest in anyone but herself really it's not a hmm. bad thing but you know it would be interesting if let's say she could put piece like put all this together but again I mean it looks like Jackson Hayden are all over that all over Valentine. they are but you made such a, a good point so everything in the magazine so she was a bit upset they looked at those comments together which one of them I completely loved and I made note of that I have to find oh, okay but she's just so um she is very self-involved and her the thing is she brought up Nicholas twice or is it three times anyway she's brought him up a number of times this week yeah if Ava was involved in like finding Nicholas or maybe even sharing information with Hayden or doing that one thing that makes her look outside of herself then maybe all these psychics that she's reaching out to Kiki will finally want to talk to her because she is you know writing an article about yourself and or having an article written and your dirty laundry I didn't even understand how it correlated like I didn't get it at all, what the motive was in terms of, like, Kiki's forgiveness. Because she didn't know until that moment that she had the magazine that she came off the way she came off. Right. So for you to now say that, oh, well, I aired everything and everybody kind of knows the bad parts of me. Are we even? But that was never the intention behind the article when she started it. Okay, because that's what I thought you were like, did no, I miss something? No, she didn't do the article so people could see her bad side. She literally was about to sue her because, and that's the thing, they were really honest in terms of their contract. And that's yes. why Jax was saying, like, we're going to use, like, her narcissism and vanity against her because she will answer our questions. And she's likely to make herself sound bad naturally on her own. Like, we won't even have to edit anything. And from what I understand from their exchange, it's exactly what happened. She interviewed her and they literally just used her responses. And she just didn't like the way it all looked. It's like she finally heard herself for the first time. And was I was like, know. oh, that doesn't look so awesome. <laughs> but out of the few comments, that it's been, like it was just funny because like when Nina sat her down and said, you know, like you're driving more traffic to our website and there's so many comments and engagement. One of the things that uh, Ava wrote out loud and she kind of like uh, read out loud sorry, and smirked. She said uh, she's the inspiration for bad girls everywhere. Yes. And it made me laugh so hard because it's like, how so? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how to date murderers how to steal your daughter's boyfriends like i'm just not quite sure what well isn't that the quality. ultimate isn't that the ultimate bad girl like doing really bad things and not really giving an f about it and clearly doesn't care about talking about it either oh my gosh yeah it's, it, it just made me laugh this whole thing i did like the cover though they posted it on twitter it was like the- so good and like, I it genuinely, looks real. Sorry. It does. No, that's okay. No, because I thought the same thing. It looked real. And I would love, you know, we talk about sometimes like people who should write a certain perspective of a book or things that should come out in real life, like Lucy's, you know, guidebook. This is a Crimson magazine that I would have loved to have actually seen a print version of for the sheer fact of one, it was on the cover. It was promoted so heavily yeah. on the show and that they changed the titles. Like we're constantly, not to get into a whole other issue, but women are constantly bombarded with um, all these issues on magazines that are really not important to us whereas on the crimson cover there were things that were relevant and things directed to men and women and Ava on the cover and a clever title to boot 
true like just one like a collector's item of the actual magazine just a couple of print copies where we actually get to see the article that they're talking about yes. and I mean I'm, I'm sure it can't be that hard to create the content I mean most big magazines it's like you know regurgitation of things that we already know <laughs> exactly <laughs> to put these things together <laughs> together in a magazine would have been really really cool to see it I totally heard that idea but another thing that struck me when I looked at the cover was that a long time ago when she was debating whether or not she would do this mm-hmm. uh, I remember talking to you about the fact that she posted on inter- Instagram or was it Sunny but anyway Sunny walks in on a photo shoot of hers and she's wearing all white and then they start taking photos together and I was like I wonder if he walked in on the photo shoot that they're going to use for the crimson cover and they did that was the outfit <gasps> she was wearing in the pictures yes. of her and Sunny on social media so I thought that was kind of cute so all in all I really love the cover it looks so good but yeah no now I'm kind of disappointed <laughs> when, you, <laughs> Sorry. when you put it when you put it that way mm-hmm. but like in terms of like Nina this week <laughs> I just love that they just plopped Curtis like so far in his like new job he's super awkward <laughs> like, oh my gosh either... really okay yeah I know I totally agree he's just like plop there and I mean talk about like grading like in terms of Jax like the first time you were in his office sounding alarms and we get it you wanted him to leave this time you're like doing a firewall but it was kind of like necessary for him to be there because Nina's not really good at all this undercover stuff he's asked her <laughs> like if you like if you talk to Jax directly you're kind of bl- you're blowing my cover not kind of he's blowing totally and he'll lose all the jobs because now he had (laughs) he he started with two jobs in one then it became three jobs in one because Nina wants the info before Valentine. so if she runs her mouth again he will lose all the jobs exactly get your head in the game man and it's like what makes you think that Jax is coming after you I don't understand like, I mean, I know that like that she has this secret. Like, I almost tried to kill someone. Well, no, you tried to kill someone. It didn't work. It's not like you tried to kill a good person. You tried to kill a bad person, okay? <laughs> and I mean, if, even Anna is not turning you in, right? So, I mean, you're good. <laughs> so, no, it's I, I, so, it's just that, like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Whatever. <laughs> like, and I don't... Should we move on? <laughs> Yeah, no, I just think she thinks she's a lot more important to exactly. to, to Jax than she really is. But I am looking forward to this little dinner. And once again, again with Valentine, oh, get the jet ready. She's like, no, I need a favor. We're having dinner with Jax. And I, I just can't wait to see Valentine through this dinner. I know, and how he's going to react. I just want to step back just a quick second to how Nina feels so self-important that she thinks Jax is coming after her, which I thought... Which made me enjoy the scene with her and Ava even more because she's talking to Ava, a person who she understands because of that level. They are very self-involved. They live in a delusional world of the people around them and their version of life. Absolutely. And speaking of delusional, I'm sorry. I can't believe I almost forgot to bring this up. That Nina, because Jax got pissed at her for not Mm -hmm. addressing Nicholas, which is interesting and I think speaks to his plan with Hayden, obviously. Yes! He brings that up with her. And what bothers me, I mean, look, she had her professional reasons as why not to bring it up in the interview because they had a lot of material. But outside of that, she starts talking about if anyone believes anything else other than Valentine's version of events, they're delusional. And then she specifically called Laura out. Do you remember that? She basically called... Laura delusional 
And I was just like, are you joking right now? I would love it if you walked over and said that to Laura's face and see if you walked out of that conversation alive. Well, here's the thing. I think they're doing the buildup. Like, she's calling a mother delusional about believing something about her child. Right? Okay. So, I I don't know if we talked about this last week. And I know Mm -hmm. I wrote it down. But Nina referred to herself as a child advocate. Oh my gosh, I don't think we addressed it, and it, but it was still lingering in my mind. Like, I think I even dreamt about it that I couldn't believe that she said that because I don't understand like, how where this did plays I... in her world. Because now that you've pointed it out, because she attacked Laura, but I didn't even, you know, like, I didn't click until you just pointed it out that, like, Laura is advocating for her child. Like, her child died. Yes. And that's horrible. And you would think that of all people, Nina would understand this concept that losing a child is horrible. Exactly. I don't understand how she advocates for children. But even when the whole, well, that's exactly it. Children ever. Because even when the whole bullying thing was happening. Exactly. Charlotte, exactly. She didn't even believe that there was a bullying situation, that that there were other children involved, that Aiden was actually being hurt through this process. So, Exactly, Charlotte and Sasha are the only children that she advocates for. (laughs) Exactly, and Sasha's no no baby or no kid. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you brought up Laura, but I remember when she said that, like, child advocate, I was thinking, well, that's interesting considering how you respond to Spencer because you've lost your patience with Spencer and he lost his father and your man friend uh, killed him. And you don't right. seem to have any empathy. Like, you literally took his home. And then you explain to this little boy who lost his father and his home that, well, Valentine has it now and it's rightfully his. Like, I was just like, <laughs> when I think about every interaction she's had with Spencer and kind of lost her patience, I was like, advocate for what? I know. What? It's, really, it's really terrible. Anyways, but I, I'm liking this buildup for her to fall. Like, I like Nina, but I am sick of the, delu- the delusion around Nicholas in particular. Like, that really irks me. But everything with Sasha and the way she's treated Willow, I can't wait for that whole thing to go down, basically. I know. It's going to be epic, honestly. I think so. So, from Nina to her daughter, who I don't think is aware of what deception is. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of it being, like, an adjective, which I hope that it is. Oh, my gosh. Okay, it's it's all coming back to me now. (laughs) That scene, like, it it was so... We speak often about how Michael represents us, the fans, at times. And when Sasha was like, who is that lady? Like, oh, the town eccentric or something like that. Yes, he was so funny in that scene. I felt like it was him being him. And then he's like, yeah. so Lucy, you're going to continue staring? You're going to come over and meet my girlfriend or something along those right? lines? And I was like, because I was thinking the exact same thing, like that big dramatic stare. And like, they're just having their lunch. And he's just like, hey, dude, you know, you're going to come on over? Or what's going to happen here? <laughs> I know. I thought that was really interesting. And I'm really surprised that you're not pointing out something Michael said before that. Because it's a word you use when it comes to Sasha, when we talk about her. And her oh, relationship no. with Michael. I know. Well, what did what did he say <laughs> when he used the word domestic to her? Yes. Oh my gosh, I wrote that down too. I'm like, oh my god, it's like, is he listening to us? Is I he? Think, I think so. <laughs> like when I think about him, I think he's just like, I need to eavesdrop on these two Canadians. <laughs> but yeah, Why not? We, <laughs> because <We're> funny. We... <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> um, 
at least I know you're my fan. <laughs> or, you're, or, you're, or you're a fan of us. <laughs> I'm a fan of us both. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, that's our huge debate with, with Sasha. Like, is she ready to be domesticated? Because... <laughs> <laughs> and, and we thought and we kind of were changing our minds like especially when she was babysitting Avery and the advice she was giving um Joss, Joss. And so we, we were thinking like she's she might be up for the role I think she kind of is is but yeah so I thought that was really funny that he <laughs> that's all and so I, I thought it was funny that he brought that up and like then Michael just starts acting like a dude when he's like Oh, do you want to be a model? And then he like, I then, know. Then, then he says all the like, you know, correct things. Like, you can be anything you want to be, including a truck driver. <laughs> like, he catches himself, and I'm just like, oh, Michael, we get it. And it's nothing wrong with thinking that your girlfriend is utterly beautiful. She really, really is. Um, but it's just really interesting yes. how Lucy comes in and out. But then in that one episode, I don't know. I think it was in that one episode. But, like, she just travels around instigating stuff. Because technically that deception comment, she's pushing something along. And I think she is pushing yes. something along within Sasha. She's uh, bu- she's pushing her guilt up to the surface. That's <laughs> what she did. Yes. With- <laughs> to Sasha. But it's I like know. that, um, what is that expression? You know, like the house with the heart beating in the floor? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's like that. And I, but I hate that you're, I, I hate that you dragged me into this where now I also look dumb because it's like you're like oh I can't remember and then I'm like I do remember and then and then now I'm also like I can't remember but I know I know everyone we know I'm glad that we We both know know, so let's let's move it on but I know I just said that she brought up um Sasha's guilt but I feel like now on second thought it kind of went away real fast when she was thinking about calling. <laughs> like, about taking her up on the opportunity. I felt like exactly. she was considering it, so I don't know. But, I mean, that wasn't the only sort of interaction that Lucy had this week. She had a lot of fun going at Hayden. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Lucy is funny, and she does say things that, you know, nobody else can really Outrageous. say. Outrageous, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, but the fact Finn, oh, Finn, and the way he looks at Hayden, Hayden, the way he, it's just so sad. Intense. And then you put Lucy in there to just like, you're not getting that house. <laughs> oh my gosh! But like, the only thing I kept thinking was, first of all, Hayden's playing it real cool because she's like, say hi to Anna, and uh, but then she like <laughs> is so brazen that she's asking for their house in front of him. And I just mm-hmm. kept thinking because they make a point of her asking for this house in which they were going to start a family. Yes. And then Lucy kind of goes back at her, which is like, I can get you a studio or something like that. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, I think she needs a house for her kid. And I think she's hoping to catch herself a fin. But <laughs> <laughs> Is it because fins sounds like fish? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, because fishes have fins. I get it. I am funny. We are funny. See? (laughs) So, the thing, when they showed the flashbacks, like when they were showing some flashbacks of Hayden and Finn, and just listening to Finn's perspective, I was like, he thought that they were bad for each other. Like, he thought that they had, like... Because he was just acknowledging that it was an intense relationship, which it was. And there's still an intensity, I think, alive, like, between them. But then he was just sort of saying we had a lot of problems, too. And I guess that's just not how I remember it. And I I know I wasn't in the relationship. (laughs) But, like, even the clips they showed, 
it was cute and everything like that. Um, but it, despite him saying that, I just don't feel like the way he looks at her or acts suggests that. Because even when she left, like, he went crazy looking for her. And he definitely considered meeting her in Italy when she yes. had written him. Well, that's the thing. And the way he looks at her now, like, if you thought so poorly of the relationship and, and what it was, like, why do you look at her that way? Like, you just want to, like, whisk her away somewhere. Well, I think he's doing everything he can to remember that he's engaged to someone else. <gasps> right, 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 right. That's true. It's hard. Out of sight, out of mind, you know? Right. And Anna's making it a real easy. Because, <laughs> because not to mention, like, he he tells Anna whatever the message that Valentine wanted to pass off. And the next thing you know, Robert's popping in being like, I'll take point on this. So it's like any type of interaction he could have with Anna is shut down. Okay, so here's the thing. When he calls Anna, did he leave her a message or actually talk to her? I think he is constantly leaving her messages. And the fact is, she calls Robert to take the lead. Like, that... I mean, that alone is like, come on, come on. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a little, I think it's telling for sure. Uh, so I kind of <laughs> hope Hayden starts making some moves, make some headway, like take advantage. Anna's just gone for the summer. She's doing well, her annual summer vacay. Do something she, with the time. She's taking the lead. She's pressing the reset button with her soon-to-be brother-in-law. I and there they have a friendship starting. So uh, I think I think she is making some moves. Just not the direct moves we want at the moment. No, and she gave him a little nugget by saying, like, you know, I'm glad he has someone looking out for him. You know, mm-hmm. like, so she kind of is giving Chase what he wants to, which he makes yeah. very obvious is what he wants. So and I mean, he he got what he asked for. He wanted to know more about the situation, and his face was hilarious. Um, just complete in complete shock about the intensity of the history he shared with Hayden. Yes. So I can't wait to see how it's going to go and what role Chase is going to play in it too. Because now, because he knows Anna and he knows their yeah. relationship together. He doesn't really know, he's getting to know Hayden, but he knows the intensity of their relationship. You know what's funny? Because of the dynamic that he has with Finn, mm-hmm. I feel like he won't be helpful at all. If anything, yeah. he'd be like, whoa, man, you have a big dilemma. Like, <laughs> totally. I, think it, I think if like he notices that something does develop again between Hayden and Finn and he knows he's in the dilemma... I think he's just going to make it really funny for us. I agree. I, I want to see that, though. <laughs> I know, because the thing is, look, at the end of the day, him and Finn are just beyond entertaining. Like, there's just something magic about uh, them on screen together. Oh, which reminds me, I think it was the actor who plays Chase, Josh, Josh Swickard, who posted, like, um, a clip of his event. And it was so funny because it was um, Michael Easton, who plays Finn, mm-hmm. talking about the relationship with Chase. And it was hilarious because he's like this guy's like so nice and like so apparently they met at general hospital he buys the guy lunch he knew he was new but had no idea who he was playing that he'd be playing his little brother and so the guy's like he is so freaking nice and I had no idea why I hated him and I felt (laughs) horrible like like every time I had to be mean to him and he goes I've like made stuff up in my head like he kicked the family dog like it just (laughs) like as an actor, he said, like, and they were asking, do you know why why you felt this way? And he's like, no. Like, I mean, the reason they've given on screen was just he had animosity toward his dad for remarrying. Okay. So we just assumed that that extended to him. Like, you just didn't like that he remarried and that he had another kid. So we're assuming is like the tension he feels toward Chase was just an extension of the anger he felt toward his dad. Like, that is, it's reaching. Because even as a person watching, we were reaching to make that conclusion as to why he might feel the way that he did. But it was hilarious to hear the actor himself be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> 
no idea. We were talking about love and Chase being involved in Finn's love, but what about Chase's declaration? His love. Well, first of all, uh, go ahead. I don't know. Like, have you ever made that face? Like, when someone tells you they love you, (laughs) and I mean, it's not like they had like a casual thing. Like, he supported her through really big things. I think it's inevitable. Their relationship was growing. Um, Like, I don't know. When she made the face that she did and it cut to commercial, I was like, she doesn't love him. Like, I was well, like, I don't, even, I don't even know where this is going right now. And then she did. So it was just really funny watching the like grossed out face she made. And then yeah. it turns out she loved him too. So I'm really happy for both of them. So it looked like she tasted something terrible. Yeah. So I was like very confused. And exactly that. Like at this point in time, they were practically living together. They're together all the time. I was just, we just didn't hear the words, but it was very obvious that they loved each other. But when they had that kiss, I felt like, oh my God, you guys are in the middle of the Metro court. Do you realize? Because that was like one heck of a kiss. That's where she wants to get a job at. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't know, Willow. And it's just like, she goes there looking for a job, Mm -hmm. but then like doesn't want Michael's help. I know, but it's his mom. What's with Curtis and her? You have rich friends. Let them help you. Okay, you don't it's want, just a you don't want job, their like, help? Why doesn't she just go work at... Where does Michael... Where does he CEO? At ELQ. That's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, couldn't you just get a temp job? On. It's a big company. You could easily temp there for a little while. But for some reason, she wants to do a waitressing. Maybe it's something in her history. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So hmm. she wants to work there. So I don't really know how that's... That, that'll be interesting. Oh, it's funny. Because Nell worked for Carly. Who knows in what capacity Carly will have, oh. her, have her on. If she'll okay, be a waitress the... or not. <clears throat> So it's interesting because Sasha is kind of an intern or whatever. Nina had to convince her to work at Crimson. And then if Willow worked with Michael, then that fosters this kind of like relationship between the two when everything kind of falls apart. Aside from like the whole job situation, they have like a brief conversation about Wiley's birthday. And so it's, it's, it's just really interesting because it's like we have these exchanges and they're just kind of hard because we know the truth. And so when she says, oh, it's harder for you than me and all that kind of stuff. And clearly this is a big thing. Like there may, I mean, look, something has to happen with this whole birthday situation because they've been talking about Mm -hmm. Wiley's first birthday for like a week. Oh, that's true. It's got to be one big festivity packed day. Yeah. Like something's like something, it has to be eventful. And even today, like we saw like with Nell, like, will she end up telling Michael the truth? Because now she found out through Harmony all the details about what really happened with Wiley, like how her decision to protect him is ultimately putting him in danger right now. Well, for the first time I saw Nell, even when she gave the baby to Brad, I just felt like she was just trying to, yes, protect her baby, but cover herself. Mm-hmm. And when Harmony was speaking, I felt like she looked like a mom protecting her kid, scared and concerned that he could be taken away by somebody else. She did. And like to like further prove your point, when she saw Michael, she admitted, when I asked you here, it wasn't at all about her son. So she wasn't even thinking about their kid when she had him there. It was a complete manipulation. But then telling him, no, now it's about our son. So I think you are right. So it's mm-hmm. brief. Her not putting herself first and not prioritizing hurting Michael. So we'll see if that moment was too brief or if she will kind of step up to protect Wiley Jonah. 
I know. Don't know Wiley. To be continued on Monday. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see what's going to happen there. But I mean, look how all that just fell into place. <laughs> the exchange between <laughs> Harmony and Nell. I was like, well, that was that was smooth. Everybody's just so free with the information, though, with the private adoption. Or even if it's an open adoption. Like, it's a lot of information for somebody to share to their cellmate. I don't know. Maybe they do spend a lot of time together and they're bonded. <laughs> I couldn't really speak to that. Um, <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> this is based so, on my soap opera knowledge. <laughs> soap opera prison knowledge. Got it. So, so yeah, we don't really know what's going to happen. And, I mean, imagine all this really comes down to Nell just being like, Michael, Wiley's your baby. Imagine, <laughs> like, after all of this, after, like, Obrecht's knowledge, Franco and Elizabeth being like, something's up with Wiley and his real dad. And then just Nell just tells everybody. I almost, what ups? What ups? Yeah, I would almost be okay with it. She's the one who started all this. She's the one who closes closes it off. And not everything can have such a big explosive bang either. Do you know what I was also thinking? Because I know Tell there's me. a lot of people with this whole Wiley storyline just being like, Michael needs to get his baby back. Michael needs to get his baby back. But when like she was calling him, I was like, oh man, just don't answer the damn phone. Like you can ignore right? two calls in a row, Michael. And I don't think he can. And I just want her out of his life. Exactly. I wanted her, like, out of his life. And I didn't want him to have this connection with her. And for a split second when I was watching him, I was like, oh, thank God they don't have that connection. And I was like, oh, sh- they do. <laughs> the baby didn't actually <laughs> The baby didn't actually die. So in a exactly. sense, I know this sounds weird, and I don't even know if I can explain it properly. Mm-hmm. But in a way, in her lie, in Nell's lie, she kind of gave... She kind of fed into the fantasy, I think, of a lot of people who didn't really like her that, like, we're believing this. You know what I mean? Like, she kind of gave us what she wanted, which was no connection to Michael by kind of lying about the baby. I don't know if that's clear, but it's like I'm buying into it now (laughs) that I forget sometimes (laughs) it's actually Michael's baby. And part of me, even in a way, might even prefer it because now I'm at a point where I do forget. And Wiley seems so happy with his parents. I know. And Michael is not connected in any way to Nell, in which he knows of. So part of me is like, I don't know. Like, she kind of gave me something. She's kind of like, <laughs> she's kind of like feeding into my fantasy that I, I didn't want them to have a baby together. That's true. I totally agree with that. And, and I think so too. And Willow is so invested in this situation. I don't want to see her broken. She's gone through so much already. Not that Michael hasn't. But I do believe at times when they're having these conversations, I completely forget that how Michael is involved. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Me too. Ugh, it's crazy. Well, see how all that kind of um, is is going to unfold. But but like now that we're talking about Nell, because like we were kind of like, oh no, Shadow's going to jail, and then like apparently it's a mixed prison, and there's Ryan, <laughs> and there's Nell, and like what's gonna happen? But it's funny because I was imagining this like dangerous trio, but. Now Shiloh is being placed as an enemy to Nell. Yes. Huh. Maybe so, she'll still be know. Ryan's apprentice and she'll use it on Shiloh. Who knows? But like, okay, so we so last week they introduced Shiloh's videographic memory. So he also <gasps> yes. has this ability. Um, <laughs> so do you think he, he was in the army, but at the time he got hurt was not wearing his army clothes or had the day off? Like, was he in the army or not in the army? Is he lying about being in the army? Because, like, uh, Drew kept referring to him as a civilian. 
Oh, right. Okay, I didn't catch on to that. Um, okay, no, because I don't think he's in the army. I'm sorry. Somebody like him cannot be in the army. So I think that he just maybe was associated. Like, sometimes people work near the base, blah, 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 or okay. something along those lines. So I definitely believe that he was not in the army. What I didn't understand, though, is the fact that when they came back from the flashback, he's he said something along the lines of, Kim should know how much Drew really loved her. In his delusion, does he think that because Drew did not take the deal, that that means that he did not love Kim? Like, how is he going to spin that? I didn't get it at all. Um, was that in his fantasy, or did he say it out loud after? So, uh, after. So, like, in the fantasy, you know, Drew's confronting him oh. about what he did and how disgusting oh. he is, and blah, 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 and that he is scum. And he's like, well, look, 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 man, we can both, both be okay. Let's split the money. And then he yeah. called Drew, like, self-righteous or something after he got out of the fantasy and then mentioned something about Kim. I Well, in the fantasy, I think he was just kind of saying, like, you can give this girl a good life. Kind exactly. Of a like, I exactly. think that's mostly what he was saying. But I don't know if Drew, because it didn't seem like it, that Drew actively made a decision while away that it was over. Like, I don't think so. Like, obviously, he's talking about her because it's an existing relationship that he has in his mind that he was probably yes. going to go back to. So I think it was more just um, Shiloh trying to get Drew to to basically be at his level because he's obviously motivated by money, but Drew isn't. And so he was just trying to get himself out of trouble to, to show him like the advantages of just playing along and not sending him to jail basically. But, um, so we finally, you know, I don't think it's a secret to figure out, to find out that like Shiloh always sucked. (laughs) It's like a crappy person. Always. The thing that gets me though, is that, I get it. There's certain things you can't know about the dynamic between Shiloh and Drew. He lost his Mm -hmm. memory. But, like, Spinelli was able to uncover information. Like, there was information about Drew being in the army and his photo. You're telling me you couldn't find any information about Shiloh and... Exactly. Okay, so there's that. You brought up Spinelli, which I had a thought about uh, over the weekend. Is that why don't they give the USB to Spinelli to either make a copy... It is like a USB. It's nothing for a new technology tool. Stick it in the computer, make a copy, and then fiddle with that and try to figure out how to copy the memories, how to pull the memories. I don't know. They're making it's this true. Like, into a robot. It's frustrating me so it's much. True, that it's just a USB. We all know what those are. I mean, if you can insert that in someone's brain, <laughs> I'm thinking maybe you can insert it into a computer and maybe you could develop a software that'll kind of like a place to place the memories in. That actually makes a yes. lot of sense. That makes oh. a lot of sense. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, one- I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now I'm just laughing in my head. I'm like, you could put the memories in a human, but you can't right. put them on a laptop. A, well, I don't know. I, I feel like when when Margaret had stole uh, Margot. Whoa. Yeah, I know. You're, you're very formal. You're very. When 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 Margot had stolen the USB, like I had the impression when she was plugging it in her computer that it was just going to be like this PowerPoint of like Drew's memories. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> as you were, as you were. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the one part I did think was hilarious was that Shiloh, after the fantasy, calls Drew self righteous. It's like, talk about, what is it, the kettle or throwing rocks at glass houses or whatever. No, like, he's no, super no, no more of this. No more okay. of this. You need, you need to know the expression, okay? I'm so tired and dehydrated, I don't even know. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? He 
a couple of keywords. Figure it out. Um, we get it. We get it. Okay, good. I'm so glad. We do get it. But you know what I feel bad about? And I know that there's like logistical reasons for this, <laughs> but like Oscar, I, Oscar, Drew gets pushed out of like all of his storylines. Like the story oh. started with like with Charlotte began with Drew and then that went on hold. And I'm glad it's being picked up. But now Jason is playing Drew in the memories because of the whole face swap sitch. Um, and I then, know. Okay, pause. Just because how hot did he look in his army garb? so much like when I was like looking at it and grabbing pictures to post I'm like I don't even know what words to add to this like I don't even know if if I need to add words to this and it was like hard to focus and and get something to to be said about it but it's just like there's that reality and even look I I go back to this every now and again because I'm just a little unsatisfied about Drew's role in Oscar's whole storyline like it was his son like he should have been a big part of that and it's like when I compare that to when Kiki died like, look at what happened with Ava's character. Like, she really, like, shined. Is it? Is, is sh- shine? Shine? I don't, sh- I don't She was so shiny after that whole thing happened. And no. <laughs> let's not get it out. I know. Keeping that. Keeping that snort. Um, but, like, nobody was shiny after Oscar. Like, you know no. what I mean? Like, it didn't elevate them in any way. Like, right now, it's making Kim crazy, which is it? like... And that's the thing, like, all storylines can't be the same, and I think Kim's doing justice to her crazy. Yeah. But as for Drew, it's just like, I don't know, it didn't really add to his character, other than just he acts down and people say I'm super sorry every now and again. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, so I know. Overall, I just feel bad. Uh, feel bad for Drew. For Drewson. That's what I call it because I'm like, he's not involved. Like, Jason is taking over all of, like, that story due to the, like, flashbacks. But they're, like, bonding. That was super cute. Like, Drew's really making that effort, letting go of some anger and trying yes. to, like, hang out with his brother. And then they just stare at each other all stone cold. It's hilarious. It's super funny watching them bond. It is really funny. I did like that scene. And I do hope if he stays that there's more of that. And I also like the scene with... Jason and Michael talking about building a, a treehouse on the compound where Sonny lives or something. Along, oh no, at the I know the quarter mates. And then Jason's like, "Do you know anything about carpentry?" And he's like, "Uh, no." But <laughs> I was hoping <laughs> I would be here because I want to facilitate the construction of a treehouse at the Corinthos place. But it was a big shock for for like Jason though. First of all, I love the casual exchange. I love his invitation to like have breakfast that day. But yes. again, he was sussing out the fact that no one knows about what's going on with Carly. Wait till no. they find out Sam knew before him. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> because he's realizing that Michael doesn't have a clue about what's going on and that she's keeping all this stress to herself. And it's just really funny, giving, given the dynamic with Jace, Jason and Carly, that, like, you know, she comes to him a lot. But over mm-hmm. time, like, after he died, and even with, like, Drew playing Jason... Carly stopped reaching out like she she does sort of deal with her stuff on her own like she doesn't really reach out to people as much as she used to and I wonder if that's like it seemed like a thing with Jason like he was she wasn't opening up to him you know she wasn't running to him as she typically does and I think at the end of the day yeah I think Mm -hmm. at the end of the day he really does want to be needed by her Jason being there for Carly is such a huge part of their dynamic and you're right she doesn't say anything to anybody anymore and I can't remember if in that conversation he poked at her for the information or if she actually came out and said it to him on her own do you remember he poked 
Okay, so here's the thing, though. So I noticed <laughs> he wishes, but anyway. So we go to the scene. <laughs> we go to the scene in the Metro Court where she's walking out from the elevator. Jax just looks at her, at Carly, and says, "Hey, is everything okay?" And then they start this whole conversation. So she's kind of been leaning a little bit on Jax, just for the sheer fact that he's a little bit more intuitive and and just really observing who she well, is and her characteristics. She- so it's an interesting dynamic that's going on. Right now, with well, remember Jackson she, her and Jason and her, she tried dodging Jax. Like, yes, I do. It was it was kind of like to be honest, it was like circumstantial that she ended up telling them. Like you know, it was Jason showing up in her face and probing, and it was the fact that Jax finally caught her in person because she tried to push him off. And I think with Jax in particular, she's trying really hard not to share stuff because it's okay, like so... it's okay if she does it with Jason. You know what True. I mean? But because of Sunny, I think she like. She wants to, and it's easy for her, but today's episode, like, she just keeps, like, catching herself being open and, and, like, free with him, and she just keeps pulling back, you know, like, realizing she's touching her hand, It's sorry, touching his hand, things like that, so I think, like, it's really, really easy for her to open up to Jax, but I think um, it's a whole other can of worms for her. It really is, and did you notice when he was talking to Hayden, he was saying that his heart is elsewhere. Did he you- lures her. That's what I think, too. And not Nina. It's really Carly still. I think Nina would be, like, fun. <laughs> That's, I just think <laughs> it would be a distraction for him. I mean, like like you and said, he, he, he enjoys Hayden, but there's nothing really there right now. Nina, there is something, a little bit of chemistry. But, yeah, I don't know. Because I don't know if we're going to go back to this love triangle after all these years. Because it's a di- so they're in a the- different place in life. Exactly. And then there was that scene at Crimson where Carly had a scene with Nina, which I thought was mm-hmm. different because they don't often have scenes together. So I'm like, is this indicative of, you know, Nina was asking about Jax. Is this like, when Carly finds out that maybe Nina has an interest in Jax, like, is that going to be the love triangle? Like, she won't leave Sunny, but that is going to stir up something in her that she didn't realize was still there so strongly. I think she knows it's there now. I think it, it might just be a struggle <laughs> to to see it with somebody else because I think she is struggling with him. Like, really? Like, you could see it in the scenes, like a, a bit of like a push-pull with them because it's just so easy. I've always remembered watching every now and again the chemistry, her being pulled to Sunny, but I've never witnessed her struggle with her pull to Jax when with Sunny, ever. But I am seeing it now. So, yeah, I don't think it'll be smooth between them. Um, but who knows? Like, I don't know with the whole baby thing, like what this will mean after, because I think like they're going to have a lot to deal with. Like she, she even said it, she goes, the house is going to get chaotic. Like when she was talking to Jason, the house is going to get chaotic real soon with the introduction of a new baby. And we found out that there is something wrong with the baby, but I'm still, I'm still, from what I understand, we're not sure. Like we know the baby is going to need surgery soon after, but we don't actually know what's going to happen like what they're having to deal with or if there is going to be any sort of like um, developmental delays or anything like that. Like we don't know, we don't seem to know. And I think that's hard for them too, is that they don't really know what's to come. Exactly. There's a lot of unknown and she may be getting support from Jax and that may just turn into something crazy. That's kind of possible. So while she has the possibility of so many like husband surrogates, Lulu's got none. Poor Lulu. <laughs> I really felt for her. The crying, the outfit. It was amazing. Okay. Also, what I love about that whole storyline is that they're really uh, sticking with this um, subtle Olivia Robert connection. 
the I feel like it's never on yeah. camera, but just verbalize at the current those households. <laughs> uh, so I just like that they kind of kept up appearances with that whole thing. And so I just felt really bad. I'm like, look, Olivia, like we get it. He's your son and you love really hard, but I don't think it's fair for you to put pressure on Lulu and to say he's not in his right mind. We know he's not in his right mind, but regardless of that, he's not there and we don't know when he's ever coming back. And I just think that like in my head, if he's not in his right mind, maybe something about giving her divorce papers puts him at ease. It's not ideal. And obviously if he was well, they would be happily married and this wouldn't be happening. But if somehow this puts him at ease and he's not being forced to kind of serve her with divorce papers, the reality is if he does get well someday, then that can be undone. It was undone with them in the past. You know, it's not a be all and end all, but I think it puts an end to Lulu's freaking purgatory that she's been living in. Exactly. And he can get well without feeling guilt. Like he probably will still feel guilty, but in the sense that exactly that he can work on healing, she can live her life knowing a specific answer and they can come together again. This is poor Charles. Exactly. And the, the thing is, I'll find even the worst part because like, you know, the divorce is one thing, but like Olivia didn't even focus on the fact that regardless of whether she files for divorce or not, or agrees or not, or fights it or not, the point is he's not there for his kids either. And that's a difficult thing to explain. So as much as you want to hash out the relationship and the marriage between Lulu and Dante, what about the reality that you're neglecting is that he's not home and he may not come home. Mm -hmm. And from what it looks like, from what we've observed, it seems to be his decision. We don't know the full story, but it looks to be his decision. And where does that leave his kids? So that whole thing was just really, really rough. And I was glad that uh, she wasn't bombarded by Olivia without Laura being there. And having Laura stand up for her in in that way, I thought was really um, important. Oh, same. But you know know what I would look forward to? Because the thing is, Dante is super hot and super charming. And he Mm -hmm. really liked how he pursued Lulu when he first met her was hilarious. So part of me is sort of excited. Like if Dante ever came back... I just think his pursuit of of Lulu is just going to be something to see. It's going to be really, I think it'll be hard for her to resist, obviously, but it's just that he was so cute the first time around. And if he came back with that same kind of confidence and that same kind of approach with Lulu, I just think it'll be like so fun to watch in the far, far future. But for now, she's... um, Maxie's doing her best super awkwardly to try to take care of her. She said so many funny and awkward little things when hanging out with Lulu. So, (laughs) and you know what it is? It's like, I, because like their their friendship is highlighted on social media and especially with their knitting project and doing stuff together and talking about each other a lot it's just funny because I just kind of see their scenes in a new light and I really do feel like their friendship adds another like their real life friendship adds another layer when I'm watching it that new guy I just feel like you're you're gonna have your hands full <laughs> because it's He's like gonna... <laughs> because with Maxie and Lulu it's never just the one you know like Peter is heavily involved with Lulu and Maxie and same exactly. for this guy like you're gonna like these these girls are a duo and you got to be ready for for maxi if you're going to be with lulu that's a really good point though because it was a perfect little scene of awkwardness of having a drink he was wearing a really nice tight shirt he can continue wearing those but that scene was just a perfect situation and i maybe that is like to show that he has to accept both of them and he did connect with maxi and he and she i don't know if maxi made the connection if that was the guy that she went on a date with oh my gosh what is his name do we know his name D- dustin i don't know if that's his like i don't know if that's his real it's his name human his name, name. <laughs> we'll call him teacher driver 
or tight shirt. So a tight shirt at the table with both of them, you made a really good point. They are a package deal and the way they were sitting, like he was sitting on one side and they were sitting kind of on the other side. So it was kind of cute. And it's maybe we'll show us what will happen in the future. The three of them sitting together over drinks, but just under happier circumstances. Well, now that we're talking about it, I feel like he passed the test. Like he was very much like, am I intruding? You guys are having a girls night. Like he's very respectful of their bond. And I know that Lulu had her word vomit and blurted out that she was being divorced, (laughs) but I just found she handled it really well. Like, it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like he just said, your husband's a fool. And then I liked that Lulu found it in herself to say he is, you know, like when she agreed that he was making a mistake doing what he was doing. So I just thought that even though she's so heartbroken, it was like a little win on her part. And hundred percent, this guy is going to be in her orbit and that's going to be like her, her new love interest. So I think that it's going to be like really fun to watch and unfold to see like, We've, we've watched Lulu be married to Dante for so long and we know what their dynamic is. Like, I'm just trying to think like this would be really f- weird and interesting to see who is Lulu with somebody else. Like, will she just be exactly the same? Like, is it going to be different? Because he's mm-hmm. a, he's a normal, remember? For all intents and purposes, right. he's like a Sasha. He's a normal being pulled into her life. Like, he has no idea why they're getting divorced. Wait till he finds that out. <laughs> My husband That's was so programmed. <laughs> and he's he's being currently deprogrammed. 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 Got it. Got it. Okay. Just one thing about Alexis, though, this week. Um, oh, goodness. Okay. That girl... She needs to use therapy to fix herself and stop poking the bear. Like, I don't understand. Like, this guy has threatened to quit you. <laughs> He's threatened to quit you. And you just keep pushing it. Like, he, she's still pushing for personal formation. She's still pushing boundaries. And then she's, like, playing this game of back and forth of, like, are you dumping me or should I quit? I was just like, oh, Alexis, you got problems and you need to keep going to therapy like the fact that you think therapy should end or could end I don't think it can ever end for you uh, <laughs> and okay what 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 you have something to okay, say about you- <laughs> I wanted to say something about Neil I found and maybe it was just me that he was a little more accepting of the poking of the bear he seemed almost a tiny like five percent flirtatious I'll concede to that. I think you're right. It annoyed me that she was pushing and I was just like, don't let her freaking do it again. Like, cause he was right? so stern before mm-hmm. and I agree. He wasn't as stern this time around. Like he gave her a slight warning, but, uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too much. Um, so, okay. So real fast here, a long time ago, like when Joss was with Oscar, um, Because, like, Cam has calmed down a lot over time. And during that period, he would be really volatile. And they would have these volatile exchanges between Cam and Joss. And we kind of said he's sort of like Sunny. But he's toned down a lot. And Mm -hmm. But now in the context of Dev, like, I'm sorry. When did he care? Like, I get it. He's had a different kind of life. And he feels that Joss is privileged. And he Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily share so much empathy about what she's going through. But out of nowhere, he's, like, heavily concerned for her. But aside from, like, I want to get back to that. But when she was at Kelly's with, with Cam, their scene was really intense. I was looking for the lip licking, which I didn't notice. But her eyes, it was doing stuff that I was just, like, I feel really awkward watching this scene. Like, I feel like I'm interrupting. <laughs> All the while, she's calling him a friend during this yes. eye thing. Mm-hmm. So there's no. that. And I'm like, okay, 
so far, Dev and Cam have been very Curtis and Drew. You know, the dumpster diving, searching for the lock. They've been oh, friends. Yeah. They've been pairing up, and I love that. Then I see this scene, and I'm like, okay, there's still that potential for Cam and Joss. This is not exactly lost. Right. But then out of nowhere, you've got Dev. And he's not stepping on any toes. He allowed Cam to be the one to find the lock and go into the dumpster. He's not really trying to intrude on anything at all. Exactly. But then... But then he's, like, comforting her, and he hugged her at the bridge. He's, he's being supportive, but in the mm-hmm. context of Cam and Dev, he's kind of like the bad boy, which is really interesting because then Dev goes to Cam, you're on parole? So, like, he's seen as a good guy, but then <laughs> he's the good guy, but bad boy-ish, but less of a bad boy in the context of Dev. So who is the Sonny to her Carly? So here's the thing. I think that Dev is starting to understand what having friends and family and support and love is so I don't think Dev is looking at Joss in a boyfriend girlfriend type situation I think he's just happy to be around people and finally understand and connect with her and see things differently as opposed to being combative with her and I think that he sees the relationship building or with Cam and Joss and that's why he let him so in letting Cam find the lock not only is he building a friendship in Cam he's still supporting Joss Oh, I like that. So he's there to kind of like push Joss out of her comfort zone and constantly like challenge her. Yes. And then, you know, him and Trina can, I love the way she looks him up and down and she asks him the questions. (laughs) Like I freaking love it. (laughs) I really do. And honestly, I want Trina to be more than just like the supportive friend. That's why I was kind of like, really, do we need to throw Joss with like having all of these options? Like, I just feel like Trina should get what she wants. She's interested in Deb. Mm -hmm. And I think that that should be pursue it a little bit more I think it would be kind of fun and interesting to see what happens because you never know you know what I mean like Dev is this new character is he staying is he not staying Trina is this like you know uh like not the main character but like a supporting character yeah and I'm just wondering because you never know what happens when you put two people together you never know how explosive their chemistry is going to be and you never know how epic that relationship then makes those two people so I'm curious to see what would happen if you did put Trina and Dev together and give them a little bit of that. What would come from that? Me too. I, I, I just wonder real, real fast on, on that thing. But um, before we forget, the last thing I kind of want to talk about mm-hmm. is, um, well, I, I just, I'm just kind of happy that Frankel <laughs> speaks for us a little too sometimes. Like when yes. he kept... Um, like hounding Oprah and just yelling, being like, Hayden has an alibi. <laughs> I, I have to say with the Oprah scenes or con- like, I'm just like, you are a smart woman. Why you keep focusing on Hayden is beyond me. Like, I'm just saying, like, you have a lot of enemies. And yes, you and Hayden yeah. had like conflict in the past, but like, I'm sorry. She's like the least dangerous of any of your enemies. And you keep pointing the finger at her. It's just so obnoxious. I, I was kind of happy that he yelled at her. What did you think with his psychic interaction? Because at first he, like at first I thought he'd be put off, but then he was like trying to hound her for more info. <laughs> I thought it was really cute, and I like the. I think he looked into the camera and he made kind of a face when the scene ended. Oh, just kind of confused. <laughs> um, and I'm just curious. I think that Obrick is going to ask Franco for a ride to um, the island. And yeah. that's what he's going to have to say no to because somebody's going to follow. If Let it be Brad or whoever tried to push her off the boat. That's the person that's going to follow them and pursue them. Ooh. 
I wonder if that's it. I mean, I don't know if he saved himself already by leaving with um, Elizabeth, but she clearly doesn't take, she doesn't take that whole ride thing too seriously. No. But yeah, I can see it <laughs> being connected to like Obrecht, especially after that whole, I don't want Valentine to take me anywhere kind of a thing. And she obviously trusts Franco a hell of a lot more than him. But I had no idea that this second psychic was kind of brought in by Ava. I know I liked her and that caught me off guard too in that last scene where Ava's like how am I supposed to know the scene you know the same shtick she she kind of brings around but I like this one she's hilarious she's bubbly and she just says like random stuff she's happy to have the champagne like it was so funny <laughs> yeah she doesn't really play into because the thing is like I find that Sibley played a little bit into Ava's dynamic like she mm-hmm. she does stand up to her but she plays into it and I find this one is she's not even she doesn't engage in that level like she's not really trying to convince her she's like I'm here to do this like she doesn't really engage with Ava in the way that Sibley did and so I mean I know it sucks but she's gonna have to accept the message that Kiki is still doesn't want to talk to her exactly (laughs) but regardless of her like losing on the whole Kiki situation um I I still think that when it comes to her Nina for instance that she will come mm-hmm. out on top. Like if you okay. if you think if you think about the last interaction they had, like obviously I don't think True. she's gonna sue her, but like in just thinking of Ava just kind of being down right now and being down when it comes to Kiki, I think back to the last scene she shares with Nina when she because she knows she knows that who Valentine really is and she sees how delusional Nina is. And so when she told her that you have a long way to fall. Oh I yeah, was like, that was epic. It was such an amazing scene because I just feel like the line is there it's real it's true it's fact Ava is right and she's making a statement about what's to come for Nina which has been building for like a long time exactly and it was pretty good yeah it was really good so on that note enjoy yourself have a good weekend have a good weekend everybody bye bye